As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't even figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot and really a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. At Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the militia. Thanks for tuning in hanging out with us. We appreciate all of you. Another winnable game slips to the soft grasp of the Syracuse Orange. Wake Forest pulls off. A 77-74 win in overtime. You'll hear from us, and we'll hear from you and Finn Feedback. And Syracuse will be back in the Dome to face Pitt this Tuesday at 7 o'clock. This is the way it's scheduled right now. It'll be on ESPNU. We'll let you know what we think about that. The first of three games uh, at the Dome, which is, that's, um, that's good. That's exactly what they need right now. I think. Yeah. So they need some other things too. But hey, another rough one. Uh, another another game plagued with a different sort of problem. And that's three in a row. We can point to three different things. All things uh, pretty well within Syracuse's power to eliminate for the most part. And they just got to be better. Closing out games is a problem. So let's hear what coach had to say after the loss. Losing Jesse early like that, uh, you know, he's a couple of fouls. He just can't commit one of them. I don't think he did foul, but a couple of them, he just can't reach in and, and be involved in that play. You know, we need him in the game. I thought when he went out, I thought everybody pulled together and I, I thought we did a great job defensively without him in there. Um, and we gave ourselves an opportunity to win the game. Um, you know, you got to get the ball in bounds with 11 seconds to go. And uh, if you can't do that, it's a, it's a problem. They're a really good team. Um, we did a really good job of getting on their shooters in the second half and uh, making it difficult for them to, to get open shots and uh, certainly played well enough to win. But... Um, you know, we have to get the ball in bounds at the end of the game. That's it. Cole's got to be a little bit more aggressive offensively. You know, Jesse's a big part of what we can do out there. And uh, so we need him in the game for that. But again, you know, we're doing enough to win uh, both these games, and we just can't quite get there. But I thought overall we were okay defensively going small 
Um, and it gives us a little advantage at the other end that they have to guard Jimmy with a bigger guy. And he, he got a couple buckets getting to the basket and hit a, got a three open look. So it gives us a little advantage sometimes on the offensive end. But in that situation, I think uh, I'm disappointed that Benny can't get back in there and rebound and help us defensively. And I thought on the offensive boards, I thought there were some opportunities he could have gone to the offensive boards and gotten some some opportunities. But, you know, he's learning. We just got to keep working with him. They tied the season high with 20 fouls in regulation. How important are those fouls in a close game that you, just, you guys lose in overtime? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it was game-changing for us. It's something, um, obviously, I played a big part in. I got um, too many too quick. And, um, yeah, it's it's something that's uh, been going better the last couple of games. And now, um, obviously, um, I had a rough time staying out of foul trouble. And it's something I can, can't, have, uh, can't be doing anymore. Um, and it obviously hurt us. And, yeah, it's... Uh, it was uh, something we'll keep, yeah, have to keep working on. Yeah. All right, the Coach Montage is brought to us by the Spotify Green Room app. Go to your iOS or Android stores and download the app. It is free. All you need to sign up is a username, an email address, and a password. You can follow us at Cuse Militia. Go ahead and sign up for notifications so when we go live during fan feedback, you will get notified and you can come in and um, you can listen, you can chat, or you can request to speak. If you do so and I approve it, unmute yourself with the microphone icon on your picture, on your profile picture there, and go ahead and say your piece. And there are plenty of other options There's plenty of other people and topics to follow on the Spotify Green Room app. It's a really easy way for us to get um, the the fan feedback from you and as well as you to just listen live. You can listen to the flubs. We've been known to flub on the Spotify Green Room app once in a while, you know. But it's free. Go to your iOS or Android stores now and download the app. It's free. I mentioned it's free. All right, Joe, uh, let's start at the top of this thing. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Uh, let's start at the top of this thing here. Um, okay. Jesse, gone much too early uh, in this game. Obviously, with nine minutes left, that was an issue. Only played 20 altogether, having to sit, um, you know, with foul trouble, you know, throughout the game. Got too many too quickly. You heard Jesse at the end of that. There, we'll we'll hit. We might as well couple this with that. Um, you know, he's aware. Okay, I think it's fair to say that there was a couple bad fouls on Jesse. the the one that The one that he fouled out on. I mean, you you know, with four fouls, you can't do that. Plain and simple. Just let it go. Let it go, and live to fight some more minutes. I mean, that's how I look at that show. So. Um, I, I don't know what else to say. There are big guys constantly struggle with fouls, so it's a, it's a thing. But the, yeah. the 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 really the the most brutal part of this game is inbounding the ball with eleven seconds, and we could talk about the actual inbounding of the ball and how they were going about doing it, or we could talk about how the call, and that's a critique for Syracuse and it's a critique for TV Teddy and his crew. 
I thought Buddy was fouled. <laughs> uh, they didn't call that. I mean, it's kind of a kind of a um, you know there was no clear evidence, obviously, so you can't turn that over, I suppose, since it was called Wake's ball. Didn't look like a touch, Buddy, but um, just a horrible way to end that game when in regulation. When you think, okay, all they got to do is pretty much inbound this ball and get it to someone that can shoot some free throws, and we can go down and and just ice this thing and. No, couldn't do it. Couldn't get it done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's usually a situation where, you know, you might call it wrong, but usually you can get it right through that. And a lot of times in basketball. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline ball i mean i saw it even a couple times in this game right where they didn't call foul i mean you see it all the time right where you have something where maybe two guys are going for a rebound right and this guy goes over the back comes in out of control or whatever and maybe the ball goes out of somebody off of somebody else but it's like you didn't call the foul you could have called the foul so a lot of times the ref will understand that well if this guy didn't come in and you know what i mean like the offset he didn't come in and tackle him he could have probably got the inbounds pass Right. So usually they offset the calls. Right. So, you know, in my mind, they go to the monitor there and albeit the fact that there wasn't a clear view of, you know, who the ball went out of. You know, you can sign you can you can see Walton's hand coming in and swatting it out. So, you know, that there's probably a good chance, especially on how confident Buddy was acting um, as far as, you know, the replay when it happened to begin with. But when you go back and look at it and you see, you know, a seven foot, 240 pound guy diving into Buddy's legs, trying to hit the ball out. Like you have to understand that that's kind of like a that's like a move of desperation where it's either going to be an obvious like knock the ball out of bounds or get a steal or it's going to be a foul one way or another because they needed another foul to put them to the free throw line. So that's how they were going to play it. And when you're when you're a ref there, I mean, you got to even if you miss the first call, you got to make it right if you if you go to the scores table. And after going back and looking, there's no doubt in my mind that there shouldn't have been a situation where they looked at and they said, "Okay, well, we missed that foul and we can see a situation here where this probably went out and you know, if he didn't do this and foul Buddy, then Buddy probably would have got the ball tight. So that was that was their place to make it right, uh, and they didn't. And unfortunately, you know, Wake Forest goes on and um, makes a basket. And, you know, it's one of those things where you don't want to 100% blame it on the refs because obviously we still had a chance to play defense and stop them from scoring, and then it still went into overtime, and we still had a chance to win in overtime. Um, but there was another bad call in overtime. So the, the, uh, you're, well, you're talking about Swider, the Swider shot, right? Yeah, when we had uh, the um, <clears throat> what the air ball there. Yeah, Swider's funny, funny air barely ball barely hit the the rim, and then he got the the ball and went back, yes. and we ended up getting um, 
but a shot clock violation, violation because he yep. didn't hit the rim. But there's a reason why he didn't hit the rim. So uh, realistically, you know, and even if Buddy gets called the foul there, right, and he goes to the line, who's to say he makes the first one or he only makes one and they don't come down and get a three? Sure, but like to have a situation where you're up two and Buddy should be going to the free throw line with about nine, ten seconds to go uh, and have a chance to make it a four, get it up four, and pretty much ice the game uh, to turning into what it did all because of just a really, really bad call. And to be perfectly honest with you, I mean, I felt like there was a lot of things being called all day that Williams, Alondas Williams, great player, great hustler. Um, but he got everything. He got he got every call. He did. And how many um, and ones did that dude have? Right. I mean, and he's, he's the one that's putting his arm out and getting, getting the contact from these players and stuff. He's the one that's that's, um, you know, influencing the contact he's the one that's initiating the contact and then we get the calls because we're a little bit bigger because he's six four he's strong he can finish but he got every single call and how many times did buddy go to the to the hole and he got hit a couple times um albeit whether he made it or not and they didn't call anything so um the foul disparity <laughs> disparity was also obviously um you know, pretty bad when you look at it. It was 21 to 11 at the end. And realistically, you're looking at a situation where they fouled on purpose and then went to overtime too, right? So, I mean, I remember, I believe it was like nine to three, I think in the first half. And then at some point it was like, it was like four, it was like, it was like 15 to seven at one point or 16 to seven at one point. Um, like all together. Yeah. It was probably worse than that because I think it got to nine to five. And then they, that's why they had to Foul twice to get us to the free throw line at the end. So, you know, at the end of the game when they were trying to follow us. When they had, had two lead. fouls to give at the end of the game. Right, and they only had three at halftime. Right. So throughout the whole game, basically, they only got eight eight fouls called on them. <laughs> then they had the one that they that they got to try to, um, you know, the first foul. And then they had the second one didn't get called, so they probably got two more fouls called on, in yeah. overtime. So overall, you know, we it was probably somewhere around a 19 to 8 if it would have probably went, you know, or 19 to nine, if, if they would have called that foul and buddy would have went to the free throw line, that's around about what it would have been. Um, so, you know, we're just lucky wake forest missed free throws. Yeah. All together, 16 for 25. Yeah. Um, you know, <coughs> and, in in when you look at it, you know, we, we got to the line 14 times that, uh, Alanda's, um, Alanda's, uh, Williams, Williams. He, he was, uh, he shot f- four for eight from the line, which was, you know, I mean, he could, he's a, he's a, obviously a talented dude. I feel like he could have probably done better than that. I don't know what he was averaging coming in, but um, okay. Cole needs to be more aggressive offensively. You heard coach say, and obviously we're still kind of waiting for this and a little disappointed. I am at this point with Cole Swider. Just in general, um, he was really strong in exhibition stuff, and then I just don't know. I mean, he had maybe one or two decent games. He came on late against, uh, was it Miami or Virginia? Came on real late, scoring Miami. Miami, yeah, and um, too little too late there, but we're still kind of waiting for him to make himself um, you know, an integral part of the offense, and that's why he was brought here. And with, what, 10 points... Um, just, I don't know. That's not doing enough in 40 minutes for him being supposedly this offensive threat. And the reason we no, he had 14 him. rebounds. That's did he, re- he did too. That's excellent. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that's, and awesome. he only shot two or four from the three point line. So I think really some of it is, 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 um, 
is like he just has not been used to having to be called on when it came to when he when he played Villanova. Now he's on the team, and I think that he showed some you know some life obviously early in the exhibition and the non conference and stuff. But obviously, you know you got um up in the competition, up in the size of the players you're going against, and uh, yeah, I mean it just seems to me like he's really waiting kind of just for the the kickouts and some of the open shots more than he's actually trying to find his own shot. Um, yeah, there's one time I think yesterday where he drove kind of got near that, like, you know, the paint area and made a, a jumper. And then there was another time he did the same thing and it got blocked. So, uh, you know, there's some things he's got to work on there, but overall we see an offense where we're, we're, we're mostly jump shooters and we need help when we can get mismatches and get into the lane and getting some easy twos. Uh, Duke, uh, Duke, I'll get to that in a second. Um, look, the past two games um, were, you know, extremely winnable. I would say Coach mentions the last two. Now, I would mention last probably three. the last three. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you hear Coach say can't just can't quite get there. Like I mentioned at the Open and just trying struggling to close games out. I mean... Syracuse has just got to find a way, and they're having a trouble finding a way. And it seems like everything, you know, let's see, the, the, the game against Miami was the turnovers. By the way, Miami's just that team. I, I think they're that good. And we played Miami really good. They beat Duke in Cameron last night, and they turned Duke over 17 times. They turned us over 19 times. I think it's, yeah. worth, I think it's worth mentioning. So, uh, you know, the, they're legit. And they are a talented team. I watched that game last night, and I was, I mean, they blew me away. So, um, no shame in that game. The 19 turnover is still unacceptable. I'm not justifying it. But, um, but finding ways to close out these, these games was just exactly what Coach had said and what we brought up first, and that's getting that ball in. You got to get the ball in. Get the ball in. The game's over. Like, yeah. something as simple as an inbounds pass just no. killed this game for us. You're right, and and honestly, like I said, it's going to be hard to say one way or another because he's not going to come out and you know blame it on the refs. But I mean that to me, that's the refs' fault. I mean whether or not you can say it'd be a better pass one way or another. Like what I saw should have been a foul. What I saw should have been Buddy going to the line. And um, it's funny that you mentioned that because like I again, I don't I don't think that that Beheim he that he he really counts the Virginia game because obviously there were some free throws and stuff, but we shot pretty well. It was just their defense. Uh, Virginia's defense was really good. Our offense couldn't figure it out. And like we said, you know, I feel like Miami, we took kind of a little bit of a stride in figuring out how to score once they, you know, double buddy, or, you know, double team buddy. Um, but, you know, Miami, they just turned us over too much and, and they, they finished at the end. They hit their free throws and everything. Now, yesterday, yeah, yesterday we didn't shoot that well, but we had less turnovers. We had more rebounds. Um, yeah, by seven and, on the rebounds. Right. So, and really, when you get down to it, I mean, from what I saw, Wake Forest, they looked like a team. Now, I think they're a good team. Obviously, they, they put together a team of, you know, four guys that are, you know, transfers from the transfer portal. So, they're still trying to figure it out. But those four guys plus Musius is pretty much their team right now. And they're pretty good. And I can only see them getting a little bit better. Um, so, they're a legit team. But at the end... It looked actually like they were the ones that were uncomfortable. It looked like Wake Forest was the one that was going to not be able to hit the free throws and was going to pump fake and the ball was going to go out of bounds and have turnovers. I mean, if you look at it, Wake Forest, to me, blew that game at the end of the game. We were the team that looked like we were actually handling it a little bit better. 
until, in my opinion, the refs took it away. I mean, when you look at the discrepancies and fouls, plus would you look at that last play, obviously Jim Beheim can't come out and blame the refs. He'll get fined. Um, but I am worried about a game every single time I see Ted Valentine uh, roughing it when it comes to Syracuse. And it just seems to me like, like I mean, uh, and I've explained it before about the type of defenses and the pressure and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but with the with the foul for some reason, yes, it just seems yeah. like the foul discrepancy in, in the margin when he refs us. It just seems like we always lose the fouls. The other team always shoots more free throws, and and to me, it looked like we it was we were finally going to break through and fi- and finish a game and actually. You know, because another team actually made a bunch of mistakes near the end and missed free throws because Wake Forest 100% could have put that game away, but they just continually made mistake after mistake just for the refs to kind of take it out of our hands at the end. Um, two o'clock game yesterday, it was, it was a rough day all around from about 4.30 on yesterday because they deserve that W. And I feel bad because obviously we have a fan base that doesn't expect a team at this point to be sub 500. But... um when you look at all the analytics, the statistics, even the the people that that know what they're talking about, the analysts and stuff, they still look at Syracuse as, as a good team who's had a one hell of a, of a schedule and um, you know just some unfortunate games here that just aren't going their way. And yesterday was just another way, uh, <laughs> it's a so, different way. Yeah, it was a different way, right? Exactly. And it's like um, it's like the stars have to align for Syracuse to win. They don't have this. They don't have a, a very big window for the margin of error. They have to be almost perfect to pull these games off. Now, of course, it's a bit hyperbole, but that's what how it feels at this point. These past right. three games. Um, so I told you I would keep the keep the stats and um, try to update as necessary for some of the just totals for the season so far for Syracuse. And they are up in rebounds, by the way. They are climbing and clawing their way up. They were I can't remember exactly where they were. I wish I'd have kept it, but it was 120 or something like that. They're 84th now in total rebounds. Um, the the one thing I noticed um, is the three defensive stats, the three big defensive stats, um, scoring defense, 318th. Okay. Out of three fifty. Turnover turnovers forced 203rd, uh, defensive three point field goal percentage, 233rd in the country. And teams are shooting yep. th- almost 34% from three against Syracuse and, uh, their three point f- uh, field goal percentage, by the way, they're 21st in the country. This is really good. Right. And we know this, we know that they're good from behind the arc and we know that they can light it up and we know that they can score, but, um, yeah, it's in scoring offense overall for them too, 44th coincidence. I doubt it, but that's where they are. So the three big defensive stats, man, that's, that's, those are the ones to keep an eye on 318th scoring defense. And it, you know, coupled with the turnovers forced, obviously, this kind of go hand in hand a little bit to 203rd, just not good, just not good at all. So, yeah, well, and that's what we talked about before is, is that we can score, but um, pretty much everyone can score against us. And there's other teams that if they can put pressure on us, can force the turnovers. And therefore, you know, that's where they're going to get their a little bit of a difference and that's why we talk about how we have to we can't be killed in, in rebounds and turnovers and those have to be things that we keep close you know and free throws and everything like that they all got to be close or comparable to the other team because we need all those things to work you know we definitely don't need you know refs in another team's favor when you when you get a game like yesterday then it's pretty much almost like a situation where you feel like you have no chance 
Um, all right. Well, it's time to hear from you. It's time to hear from you. The loud mouths from the loud house. All right, you guys know what to do at the end of every game. I ask for your thoughts on said game. You go there to Twitter and Facebook. Leave your thoughts. I'll read them. We'll sift through them, pick some out. Now, um, I will say that I had to take a picture of a post for thoughts on the game for Twitter. They would not post my thoughts on the game. <laughs> Tweet. I have no clue. It said I already did it. It kept telling me that that's already posted, but it never posted. So anyways, I took a picture of it and, and, and whatever. It was, we, we did good. We did good enough on Facebook. I didn't need it, but it just pissed me off because I feel like, uh, I feel like, you know, it's going to be the same stuff anyway, so it, it doesn't matter. But uh, let's start here. Hold on, hold on. Let's start with the book of faces here, and we will go with Nate. Lost a close game against a tough opponent. Refs were horrible again, but that seems to be the norm. Defense needs to tighten up, and they need to make more shots and close teams out down the stretch. Yeah, just what I mean, look. The refereeing this year, Joe, I don't remember complaining this much about refereeing, officiating, or anything like that, th this much. Now, you and I keep our powder pretty dry on the officiating stuff, unless it's something controversial or one call. We try. We, we do. We, we have in the past. I feel like it's very hard this year, though. I just, just, every, just I mean, not every game, but like there's been a lot of games where we're like, what the hell is going on? And and that's where you you have more than once explained the difference in defensives and how, you know, we've got to get hit shooting the ball, basically, to be fouled, right? So, um, but, um, yeah, closing out games. I, I don't know what to say. I don't have, like, uh, I don't have, like, any words of wisdom for it. I mean, it's just got to get done. I feel like, I, f I just feel like they just... They just tend to choke. I mean, it's like I don't I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's the players being frustrated. I don't know if it's just in their head. But like these these the last three games, all winnable, lost for different reasons that you can look out throughout the game. You know, it's it's almost not even about closing it out. It's about putting the full game together. You know, the the closing it out is because we just they're just good enough on offense to keep them that close, and they give them they do give themselves a decent opportunity despite all of their mistakes that maybe they have made through the game um to to be able to hang in there like that game yesterday you didn't feel like that game should have been that close yesterday right as you're watching it and you're like oh we're up we're up by two it, it didn't feel right it felt like we should be down by six or eight so yeah, no that's that's yeah that's how it felt but it's because at the end of the game they were playing bad too i mean the whole end of the second half there i mean even with about four minutes to go that they went up four um, and then we'd come back, you know, then they'd go up four and then eventually they started making mistakes and that's when they stopped scoring. And like I said, we took the lead. Like I said, I, I don't look at it again. People can say what they want to say. I don't look at yesterday as choking because the last four minutes of that game, we looked like the team that knew how to close it out. Like we've been there before and we're going to not make the mistakes. We're just going to grind it out and get the W. And that's what we did. And we put our, we put ourselves in a position to win that game and do that and all for it. Like I said, in my opinion, that got taken away. I mean, there's no, I, I don't like, you know, me better than 
as far as with refs and everything, like, you know that I don't like blaming anything on the refs. And obviously there's always going to be times in a game where you could have done things differently. And sure, we could have shot better. You know, our percentage wasn't great. There's was a lot of players that missed a bunch of shots. Uh, but at the end of the day, we scratched and clawed and got gritty and we put ourselves in a position to be up two and go to the free throw line with 13 seconds or 10 seconds. And I think that the ref missed the call and put, I mean, basically just put, put us in a position to, you know, lose or go into overtime. And again, then you just go from there. And I know we can still win in overtime. Um, but at the end of the day, we, that was a, that was a, that was a, to me, they took the game away from us there. We did everything. In my opinion, I don't look at it as choking when a ref takes takes the game away from you. It's just the way that I look at it. I mean, you can't just dive into someone's legs and try to knock the ball out of bounds. You know what I mean? And, like, to me, that's just – that's a call that you either call the foul or you call it out on Wake Forest because you missed the foul, um, especially when you have time to go back and look at the screen or the monitor. Yeah, well, that's So, to me, it's going to be – to me, it's going to be a game that got taken away from them. It's just – Okay. They didn't lose that one yesterday, in my opinion. Yes, they could have done things to do better, but again, that's why you play a full forty minutes because you can make up for the mistakes that you made, and they did. And and they uh, have they have made up for the mistakes that they've made in almost every game. I mean, even the Virginia game, seventy four sixty nine. You know, they and and they didn't shoot bad in that game, and they you know they they scored. It's just that Virginia they just could not miss. I mean, down the stretch, they just could not miss. Right. And Miami with the turnovers, it was a ended. You know, it was it Miami was, hits a couple misses a couple free throws like Wake Forest did down the end. Down, I mean, and it's a completely different game. And we hit a couple more. It's a completely different game. I mean, Jimmy doesn't airball one. It's, you know, it's, that's the one. right. So I mean, whatever. I'm not trying to. I'm just saying that. Yeah, they they're it's not they're not out there getting crushed. And I guess that's kind of what the frustrating thing is. I mean, let's be honest, right? But I'm just saying, if it, like if a, if a team's going to come out and play defense or force turnovers or hit their free throws or hit a big shot like Charlie Moore did, right? Like, then good for them. Kudos to them. You know what I mean? Just a team that made a play, albeit maybe it's not a great percentage play. Whatever they made it, they beat us. But when the refs take the game away from you, I just feel some sort of way about it. And today and yesterday, I just felt really, really some sort of way. Uh, the the biggest margin of error for loss for Syracuse is 15 points. And that was against Colgate. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Tim, on Facebook, refs are not the problem. Unless Jesse learns how to stay out of foul trouble, we have zero chance of winning. I, I would disagree with that, but he needs to stay out of foul trouble. 0% chance is a little, is pushing it. Um, there are, That's but, tough. But, yeah, absolutely, it's tough. But he was out for nine minutes yesterday, and they still had a shot. Um, n- well, nine minutes left, so really he was out for f- the last 14 minutes of the game, because overtime. Um, is that his whole th- comment? No, there. Why you got something well, to say? Just, I'm gonna let you finish. Okay, uh, there are also no scoring threats coming off the bench, and our defense is not good. Watch the slow rotations and how many times we're beat down the floor getting back. Last but not least, Buddy is either reading his own press clippings or something else is affecting his game. I know they're guarding him closer, but something feels off. Well, I mean, silently, Buddy did score 17 points yesterday. I know that we always expect Buddy to be up in the 20s, but I mean, he did score 17 points, and um, Jimmy with the with the uh, team high 21. So yeah, no, and it's it's something too where there's something that goes to that, right? I think that everyone saw last year, and they're like, okay, this is going to be the Buddy that we get for this year, right. and. 
Um, you know, especially the end of last year, right? He but went happened, through the same thing after his COVID issue last year too. It was lasted a, a month or two. No, I know that, but what I'm saying is, is that he he like took another step, hit a different stride when he hit like you know ACC NCAA tournament type around that area, right? Yeah. Um, and that's when you know he kind of went off and he started. I mean, obviously people knew him, but now he's making the national, you know, the national stage. Now it's a bigger name and. This year, coming into it, you know, every single defense is doubling him, making other people beat them because they don't want Buddy too. And then on top of that, once a player is known and all preseason All American, do you know what that does mentally to a player on the opposing end that's going to d him up man to man? Especially considering that they probably throw fresh legs at people, two, three different guys, and they just switch them off and, and continue to just send fresh waves at him, um, knowing that he's going to play 38 to 40 minutes. Um, and mentally, when you know that you're playing against, you know, a preseason All-American, you're all about, OK, I'm going to shut this guy down. So now you have guys that just are naturally going to try to shut down the preseason All-American. Well, he wasn't that last year. So um, it's naturally going to be more difficult for Buddy on offense, 100 um, percent. But as far as the the refs go, the first part of his comment. Refs are not the problem, he says. Refs were a problem yesterday, but not for Jesse. So if he's saying refs are the problem as as. um as far as if he's talking about Jesse getting into foul trouble, then I would agree. Jesse needs to be he needs to get he, smarter. He does. Uh, he, there was he does. there was there was two definitely two yesterday where he definitely knew better. I mean, the one that he fouled out, and I know that some people didn't think that was. I mean, he but he, you put yourself in that hand, situation he his, though. He too. jumped up and yes. he brought his hand down across him. Yeah. You know, that's the whole thing. Just like when he got the ball taken from him, and then he came up and, and tried to you know, knock it out or something like that. He's trying to do too much when, you know, he doesn't understand that just standing there and just with your two hands straight up or jumping and going straight up and down, uh, you know, it's usually going to be enough yeah. to deter someone's shot. So, um, you know, two or three of them yesterday were a hundred percent on him and he's got to be smarter than that. So I do agree with him when he's going to say that the refs aren't the problem with, with uh, Jesse Edwards' uh, foul trouble woes, he's got to obviously become a lot more aware of things he can and cannot do. Um, but as far as yesterday, just like singling out yesterday's game and that Buddy play and Cole Swider getting fouled in overtime and a couple other times when Buddy you know, took it to the hole and nothing was called, uh, I, foul discrepancy or, or disparity was 21 to 11. I would say that, that yesterday there was definitely an issue with the refs. I would say too. And I agree about Jesse. I mean, there was, there was, there was a couple, you know, there was like an over the back, but you know, when you look at it and you've, you've brought this point up before, like it's so easy to call it on Jesse, but dude, they were jumping over people. The wake force was jumping over mm-hmm. our guys for, for rebounds all day, mm-hmm. all day. And and I just don't understand how you don't call that. But Jesse, being as big as he is, just going up over someone, you know, you know, over their head trying to grab a rebound from behind, he's going to get called for that. It's very frustrating. And he did a really good job face to face offense our deep face-to-face defense with his hands straight up. I I almost made a comment on it. We we did a we did a, a, a a live fan chat thing. Joe wasn't able to make it, but uh you know, there was there was people in there, and, and we were chatting and stuff. And I almost made a comment about how good Jesse was playing on defense, straight up. And he really was. It was over the back stuff, and that one reaching in one you're talking about. And then obviously, you gotta just give those two points up at the end, man. When there's nine minutes left, and you got four oh, fouls, yeah. 
So yeah, you 100 percent just got to let him take that in. Yeah. So, anyways, all right, we are going to finish up fan feedback right after this. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are, too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. One more time, let's hear from the good folks over at the Spotify Green Room app. Look, go to your iOS or Android stores today. Download the app. It's free. All you need is a username, an email address, and a password to get in there. Follow us at Q's Militia. Look, uh, every once in a while, I'll have a question about, hey, what does it take? What do I need to start a podcast? Well, look, 
you can go big or you can go small to start out and see if you like it. The Spotify green room app is the best way to start and see if you like it. If you're in the Spotify green room app and you um, go to start a you go to start a, a segment or uh, uh, go live, there's an option there for them to record your live segment and they'll email it to you. You can upload that right to any podcast platform and boom that's it that's all you need so plug some headphones into your phone or your computer go to that actually it's an app for the phone only so go go uh plug some headphones into the phone you can do it right like that you can follow other people there's plenty of other things on there to do it's a really really great app it works really good it's not buggy at all i've had zero problems using this app and we use it all the time so um it's a really good way to uh get engaged and to uh you know, do your own thing. If you want to start out small, it's a great way to start out. So go to your iOS or Android stores today, download the app. Hi. And hi to David and Joe in the, in the green room app right now. I just checked. Sorry. Let's see. Uh, yeah. David says it ifs and buts for candy and nuts. Yeah, I agree. We'd all have a Merry Christmas. I know. I know. I totally agree, but you know, we got to talk about it, right? Um, Jesse knows what I'm talking about here. Jesse throws up. Uh, I don't know if he made this thing or not, but I'm going to, when I use it, I'm going to give him credit and I saved it. So, uh, Brian on Facebook, losing Jesse was monumental. It took away any threat of inside scoring and they were able to focus on the outside shooters. The referees absolutely um, made multiple critical mistakes and they seemed almost all to be against Syracuse. Now, Joe, I don't want to be a dead horse. Obviously, we start talking before we get into fan feedback, which is we may switch this around. We may do fan feedback and then do the montage um, just because we're over. We overlap so much with it. But, yeah, um, you know, that he brings up a good point. He does bring a good, a, a good point about um, when Jesse's out and having no inside threat and they're able to focus their attention elsewhere because Jesse can tear it up inside. He does. A, he does a pretty good job. Yesterday was a bad day for Jesse. Um, it just was, I mean, let's see, what do you have? Six points and seven rebounds. So two steals and a block, but you know, feeding Jesse, the ball on the inside is just almost too easy. Sometimes, um, they started that way against Miami and they really, really affected Miami to start in that first half. That's how Syracuse was able to get up so good. So, so easily, what were they up 18 or something like that at one point? So, um, but the referees, man, um, I, I just don't think. I, the old guard deal. I don't know if it's that. I don't know what it is, man. But um, it's just it's just something we we're always going to be dealing with. But to Joe's point, I think Teddy Valentine, for whatever reason, it's always a problem, and, and that's why yeah. Syracuse fans can't stand him. I mean, if it was just a few of us, or if it was just a few times, it wouldn't be the TV TV Teddy joke. You know, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, so. I don't know. I, you'll, you, you know, and, and like yeah. Joe said, coach can't say anything. You know coach is thinking it. He can't, no, 100%. Yeah, but he can't yeah. say it, right? No, and again, you know, he's going to be professional about it and say, you know, we should have went up and we should have stopped him anyway, you know. I mean, I was so mad, right? Like, I was so mad when they didn't call that, that when they went and had that dunk, like, and I know that you don't want to follow that guy there and stuff, but, like, if I was Jimmy Beheim. Like, I don't know what I would have done to that Walton dude. I would not have let him dunk that. I would have made him make those two free throws. But who knows? I might have been able to, I might have got a flagrant foul doing it or trying to stop him. 
But uh, yeah, either way, um, they kept doing the same thing, the same pass. We couldn't stop it. That would not have been there, that baseline pass if Jesse Edwards is in there. Um, and, and to the point, the refs. And it's not even – like the disparity alone, 21 fouls to 11 fouls, like like that isn't enough. But like you even see it when they try to like, like a makeup. They made like one makeup call where they like – call the foul on that Kadeem side because he put two hands on like when they do a makeup call it's like yeah we'll get a foul on something that's like a little you know it's not a shooting foul you know it's not going to one and one it's not really helping it's just oh here's a makeup call versus you know what what he's talking about you're talking about following Cole Sweater right on the arm while he airballed like the reason why he airballed it right clear as day yeah clear as day that's overtime so we shouldn't even have been there then there was Buddy or uh, Buddy's whole thing right and then Jimmy's travel which who knows maybe it was maybe it wasn't but it just seems like to me you know when we get fouls called on us it's like or bad calls called on us it's taking the ball you're taking points away from us or and ones on the on the other team meanwhile when we get fouls it's like some ticky tack here, and then you know, just take the ball out from the, from the basket. You know, I mean, how many different times did we get an and one yesterday? Like, oh, I don't remember and I, one. And like I said, I'm I know sure we, we got one, have, but I don't remember one. Right. So there's a couple times I thought that Buddy probably could have gotten one. So at the end of the day, it just seems to me like not only does fouls matter and a disparity at 21 and 11 with them shooting 11 more free throws than us, but also just the fact that like. How many and one calls did they get? You know, and then they get the call where the ball goes out of bounds on Buddy, and they get the chance to tie. And they get the call where travel on Jimmy, and the, a basket gets taken away. Right. So it's like, how many points do these to these fouls actually like add up to, and what do they really mean? You know, um, and, and that's really when it comes down to the timely stuff. Is, is not only do we not get the calls in this situation, but we didn't get any of the timely calls. Um, at EJ62564 on Twitter. Uh, Got to figure out how to close out games, but just one more example of the decade-long problem of the ACC officials giving SU less than fair treatment on the road. It happens about 75% of the time. Either way, either it's orchestrated or the officials are that bad. I mean, it's <laughs> that's a good point. It's, it's kind of one or the other, right? There's uh, a lot of people that have been talking about that since we joined the ACC, and I was on board with that in football especially a long time ago. Um, yeah, I know. I remember. At Wood of Green, um, 21 for 20 fouls called complete BS. We don't have to comment on these. I'm just throwing them out there. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also that call in the corner was off Walton. Horrible refs, but anytime I can watch Cuse is good. If it's close, even better. We don't suck. I mean, look, I don't think we suck. I I think it's um, it's definitely a rough year. It's definitely um, there's definitely some things you need to work on. I gave the stats earlier. Um, it's very important to, and I'll keep everybody posted on those. I'm going to be checking them every every maybe every couple games or something. But that those defensive stats I gave out tell the story of why we're sub 500 right now. No, well, yeah, and some of those matter too. I mean, some of the the the, our opponents matter, right? I mean, when you look even at Ken Palm right now, he has us as of today ranked seventieth. You know who where you know who is eighty second? Miami, because of their strength of schedule and because of what they've looked. So there's some people out there that still think that we're. I mean, in a lot of analytics, we're still ranked higher and look better than 
than some of these teams that have beat us. Obviously, seven and eight doesn't look as good as 13 and three, and it's not going to help when it comes. Obviously, you need to get certain wins if you want to get to the tournament. But I'm telling you, our strength of schedule is going to be up there to where I don't think we're going to need, you know, the 21, 20 wins like people normally think they would do. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a quad one loss against Wake Forest yesterday. And will it stay that way? I don't know. But it's probably not going to sink below probably a quad will. two. It won't sink below a quad two. No. Either way. So, um, and, and by the way, Joe, you usually are pretty good about giving, giving that stat out. Where are, where are we? We're like eight. We're like one something in the net right now, 104. And um, quad one games, by the way, Syracuse is one and three. Quad two, one and two, a quad three, uh, two and two, and quad four, three and one. So, um, you know, that's something to keep an eye on going forward. And and um, you know, by the way, one hundred four is terrible. That is not one hundred four is terrible. But we moved up three spots. <laughs> okay, Jesse, uh, refs were bad, but it doesn't matter because the team's worse. Jesse has been only good. Jesse has been the only good story. And even he had a bad game. This team is depressing and hopeless. Like, if there is something good to take away outside of Jesse for next year, give us your optimistic spin, because we're looking super bad. Uh, also, I created a meme. Yes, he did create the meme. This is Jesse that created the meme, which I will share <laughs> Which I will share and give him credit for someday. Also, Syracuse has not been ranked since JG3 has joined the team. This is the longest unranked drought in Jim's career. We were going to be preseason ranked, but we lost Quincy Gadari and Mark. So, well, okay. Fair enough, right? I don't know. Coincidence to me. I, I don't think, you know, it has anything to do with Joe, but... Coincidence, right? Um, the team is depressing, but not hopeless. I, I do feel a little hopeful. And um, I don't have an op. <laughs> Jesse, looks good for next year. Give us your optimistic spin because we're looking super bad. I don't really have an optimistic spin other than um, next game. I mean, it's all about the next game. In this next game versus Pitt, guys, if we lost, I, I, will, I, will, I will join Jesse down in the dungeon. For for that, uh, I I don't see Syracuse losing the pit. Just to show my hand here before we before we get into the the preview, but I just don't see it. So, with that said, um, the next three games at home super important. Now, you know you're looking at you're looking at Pitt, Florida State again, and then Clemson. So. Uh, Clemson, not exactly lighting the world on fire. I think these are three more winnable games before we go to Cameron Indoor. And much needed. I think we need all three of these. Um, so uh, we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. At, at, or, do you have anything to say about that? I, Any of that? I mean, it's just one of those. We, are, we always do this. I mean, we've never been here, and I get it. But what if we go and we win the next five out of six? And you're talking about now we're now we're 12 and nine, and we're actually putting ourselves in a position to actually make a move to do something, right? Um, all it takes is a little streak uh, to, to to do something. You know, we we go on a streak and we do something good. And next 10 games, we win seven. I mean, you know, what are you looking at? 14 and 10, right? Or 14? I mean, you're still putting yourself in a position where where our strength of schedule is. We could be on the bubble. Not to mention, it depends on what teams we beat. Because um, although I'm not counting it, I'm counting it already as a loss. Uh, you beat Duke at Duke, and you know that's kind of a game changer. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. But that's a tall. But we got a ways order. to that's go. A we got a ways to that's go. A tall like order. you said, one game at a time. Right, one game at a time. And so Jesse, I guess that's my spin, man. That's my spin. There's just not enough. There's still a plenty of games left before I become dark inside. Although, you know, it's not easy. And I could see it coming, but there's still a lot of games left. So that's And there's a lot of games before I start thinking about next year and who's returning to. Yeah. At Oil Cuse, our buddy, Captain Patrick. Uh, they they can't play defense with those two guards at the top of the zone. They are too slow. Opponents easily drive. They can't cover the f- free throw line and can't get out to shooters fast enough. They also need a four that is more athletic who can rebound, right? And, I mean, that's where we talked about this before. That's really where we miss Quincy a, a lot, yeah, quite a bit. So, um, yes, I, I, I totally agree with that. And, um, obviously, Coach went for... It's an all, more of an offensive roster than defensive roster, obviously. And um, yeah, closing out on the on the three point line, you know, is is awful. Like I mentioned uh, earlier, that where were we? We are two hundred and thirty third in our uh, three point field goal percentage on defense. So that's mm. terrible. <laughs> so yes, absolutely. Um, so. That is that. We appreciate all of you for joining us um, on the fan feedback <sighs> end of things. We appreciate it. So let's talk about Tuesday, Joe. Uh, let's mm. get into this here. Syracuse is set to take on the Panthers this Tuesday at 7 o'clock. The game will be aired currently on ESPNU. Uh, the all-time series between Syracuse and Pitt sits at 73-46 and 46 in favor of the Orange. Syracuse had a 36-22 record against Pitt in the Big East. The two schools only met in the Big East tournament five times in 30 years. That's hard to believe of conference play in the Big East. Uh, with Syracuse going 4-1 and one against the Panthers, according to Orange Hoops.org. Syracuse is currently on a two-game losing skid to the Panthers, but... They have won. They won seven in a row before that. Um, those uh, before those two losses, dating all the way back to 2016. Jim Beheim is currently five and two versus Jeff Capel in the last game last year, almost exactly a year ago. Loss we lost to Pitt at Pitt, 76 to 96, or 96 to 76 rather. Gerard Beheim, Dolajai Garrier. And Griffin, you're starting five. Griffin with 28 points and Gary with 12 rebounds. The Panthers are currently six and nine, one and three in the ACC after pulling off a dramatic win versus Boston College yesterday. So they they win that one. And um, losses to Louisville, uh, Notre Dame. Uh, Their Virginia Tech game was postponed and a loss to Virginia. It's worth noting, a one-point loss to Virginia, a... Uh, one point loss to to Notre Dame, a three point loss to Louisville, and a two point win over Boston College yesterday. So they have kept all of their conference games very close. Uh, Ken Palm has Pitt at ranked 171st according to his analytics there with an offense uh, adjusted offense efficiency of of um, 217th ranked and. Of adjusted defense efficiency rank of 140. So neither one of those jumping off the page, and um, which is why I think we can we can pull this thing off at home. Ken Palm is predicting a 77 to 66 win for the Orange Pit 
their net ranking is 196. So this is a quad four home game for Syracuse. This is a must absolute win uh, for Syracuse in the dome this Tuesday, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the one thing that, that scares me when I kind of look at their, their schedule as, as well. They've had some, you know, bad games as far as some, some bad losses, you know, a 16, 16 point loss to Vanderbilt uh, started out the season actually with a 15 point loss to the Citadel um, lost to West Virginia uh, Vanderbilt, uh, UMBC, Minnesota, but as they've gone on, like you said, then they go to Virginia, they lose by one. They go and they actually beat Colgate by three, uh, something that we couldn't do. Then they turn around and lose to Monmouth by four, um, win two more games, beat St. John's, and then, like you said, I mean, they're, what, one in three in the ACC and in their three losses, they've lost by a combined five points. And then they beat BC by two. So every single game that they've had in conference has been close. And like I said, they beat Colgate. We didn't. Um, so you can say all the analytics and all the everything you want. And you can look at Ken Pomeroy. And we can look at Ken Pomeroy and we could say, oh, they have, you know, Pittsburgh is the 218th, you know, um, offensive efficiency. You know, they can't score against anybody. And I'm sure Syracuse's defense is just hold my beer because everybody can score against us, right? So um, it's going to be a situation where it's really all going to come down to how we shoot. Uh, we got to shoot a little bit better than what we did in Wake Forest, but um, if we go down and we play like we did in Wake Forest, uh, then I think that I think that we're going to be we're going to be all right. Um, <clears throat> this team, I mean, they had a mass exodus last year. When you talk about people transferring, Xavier Jackson transferred, Audie's Tony transferred, Justin Champagne went to the N- the NBA. Um, so you're looking at a team that on top of that used the transfer portal to get one senior, uh, Mohamedou Gai. I don't even know how to say that, uh, but he's a six, nine, we'll go with that two. Yeah. Six, nine, 210 senior, uh, from Stony Brook. So that's what they use the transfer portal on. And then when you look at everybody else, um, you got another guy, Jamarius Burton, who's a senior and he's played, he went from Wichita state to Texas tech to Pittsburgh this year. So you're looking at those two guys. Um, they came through the transfer portal and pretty much everyone else that, that plays has been at Pitt the whole time. Um, the rest of the starters, uh, Will Jeffries, Jeffress, John Hewley, and um, Femi Odukali. And all three of those guys are sophomores. They were, um, they were recruited by cable and um they're still trying to figure it out but uh these guys were all just kind of low level contributors except for adukali last year he's uh, averaged almost 12 points with those guys i think he had a pretty good game against us last year uh and then the other guy that got coming off a bench most of the time is a guard six foot senior um as ikidu i'm not even gonna attempt to say his first name but every um every acc box score that i've looked at they really only have about seven that come off the bench and um, that's just a team that's just trying to figure it out. And it looks to me like they're just trying. To, I mean, it looks to me like like they play tough. Um, they got a couple good guys. Like I said, Hewley looks like or Hugley on the. He looks like a guy against Boston College. He hit 15 of 20 free throws, had 32 points, 13 rebounds. He's um, what six nine, 240 pound uh, sophomore. 
So he's got some size down low too. So, you know, really if Jesse just stays out of foul trouble and we can just play our average offense, then I think that we'll be okay here. Um, but yeah, this would be a really, really bad loss. And I think finally this is going to be a situation where we're going to play one of the lower, lower end teams in the conference and we'll be able to kind of get our, get our W break this three point loss, um, losing streak and get back on track, especially at home because, well, we need it, man. We need it. And then like you said, if we lose this, this is, this is going to be tough to come back from. Yeah, it's going to be brutal. I, I'm looking, I was hoping you're going to keep going, but um, I am looking for my damn sheet. Son of a gun. Uh, anyways, yeah, this is, we have to win this game. Okay, we have to win this game. We got, and then you got Florida State coming in. I believe you got to win that one too. I mean, I, 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 the, the realistic expectations here for me are to go 3-0 and at the Dome coming back home. I, I think it's realistic. I mean, look, Clemson was going to be is going to be a little bit tougher, I think. But Florida State is not; they're not great, and we're at home, right? So, um, being that being that they did they did struggle scoring against us the first time, that's really what did it. I mean, but I mean, whatever, uh, I'll take it. So, um, what are they in the ACC right now? I mean, two they're and, not two the and greatest. Two, two and just two. Just trying to figure it out, and I'm sure they're going to want to get a little bit of, you know, revenge, a little revenge game too. So, and you know, Pittsburgh also at the same time. I mean, they're missing some guys. I mean, I know I see Ethiel Horton's only played one game, and they got Nate Santos and Daniel Oladapo, um, who look like a decent amount of minutes too. But uh, I don't know if they're fighting injury or COVID or what what the deal is. But um, from everything I've seen ACC play recently. Um, who I spoke about were really the main guys. So again, it's the foul trouble down low. Cause that does look like they got a little bit of size and length down there, but, um, and you know, Capel, and you know, the way he plays, they're going to play tough defense in your face. So yeah, they could, they're, they're, uh, pr- um, what's his, what's his nugget? Um, who was, who was there from last year? Oh, that's Semi- right. Odukali. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the, the big names, Jeffress. Jeffress. Yeah. Okay. But the big names are gone. Yeah, and all we, the big games, all the big names are gone, and you're pretty much you got two, you got two uh, transfer portal guys, seniors, and you got three or four, you got three sophomores basically as your starters that you know you recruited and were true freshmen last year. So again, like I said, they they've been getting better, uh, but I just think just like us, they lack certain things in their in their roster and in their depth that um, to where they kind of gotta tweak some things to to kind of hide some some weaknesses you know and um i think the same as us so as long as these guys don't get hot because it looks like they do i mean a bunch of players got you know over 33 points at three pointers attempted so looks to me like we're probably not gonna want to give everyone open shots but at the same time it looks like they 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 score better at two pointers and three pointers but it also doesn't look like they're not it it doesn't look like they're afraid to take them either so um you still got to be weary of that. So, and like um, you said, you're talking about we're not that great at covering, really stopping anybody from scoring, but especially from the three point line, right? And we're not that great at turning teams over. So, we'll see how this young team with two new transfers um, handles the two three zone and, and the way that we have our rotations. I'll probably believe that most likely 
you know, like some of these other teams um, early, they'll struggle. So I think, you know, we, we, we really what we need to do is, is especially that's one thing that I don't think we've taken advantage of or maybe we have and then we just haven't um, gone with it. But like you saw against Miami, like they or some of these teams, like they just have new guys that haven't played against two of the zone. And, and, and it looks like they struggle for the first 10, 15 minutes and then all of a sudden they figure it out. And then it's just now now all of a sudden it's easy to score. Right. So I think we really need to take advantage of our offense in the beginning of the game, knowing that some of these teams might struggle to score and, and figure out how to beat our 2-3 zone, you know? Uh, Joe asks in the green room, he says, uh, was Sadibi available yesterday? I imagine he was available, and mm. um, I just don't know if that was a good situation to put him in. But um, I said to Joe, what about John Ball? I mean, I, I mean... I don't know. We talked about, and you heard Coach talk. I'm not trying to go back too much and do too much there, but you know, you heard Coach talk about going small towards the end and using Jimmy. I just, I'm not a coach. I don't know. It seemed like a terrible idea with some of the other options. So, uh, so, so I was, I did. Sadibi did cross my mind, Joe, but uh, Joe T. Uh, but I just don't think that was a situation to put him in. Um, I imagine he's available to play, or or who knows? Maybe, who knows? Maybe he's got some soreness from practice. Maybe he wasn't available. So it's tough to say because that stuff's so hush hush all the time. Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, Joe, predictions. Look, I got the I got the extra negative five points, and I still lost. You na- almost nailed the score in reverse. Did you know that? Do you know how close yeah. you were? Seventy. You had seventy six, seventy three. Cuse winning. And it was seventy seven, seventy four. Obviously, you're so you're off by two. It's a good job. It's a really mm. good job in in a, in a basketball guess. So, all right. Since uh, I went first last time, you go ahead. No, you're just Get, gonna throw it on me. Huh? <laughs> Give us your diatribe. <laughs> all right, it ain't even a diatribe, really. When I looked, when I sat back and looked at, I just don't even really understand. It looks to me like obviously they played tough, uh, but these these this team is limited on offense. Yes. They, they just are. Um, so when it comes down to it, I just don't see Pittsburgh being able to to score with us. I would say that if Pittsburgh's defense looked a little bit better on paper, then I might be able to pick them. But us being at home and knowing that we should have won and pulled out this last game uh, against Wake Forest, um, yeah, I, I just don't see a way. Uh, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Syracuse with the W. I'm going to go Syracuse 80, Pittsburgh 69. Okay. All right. That's good. All right. I've already written mine down. So uh, I'm very close, though. I got um, I got Syracuse winning, as I've already said. And like Joe mentioned, they're struggling to score. They're not putting up a, a ton of points. Even in their wins, they're, you know, 59, 63, 71, 59, 64, 69. Yep. They're playing against better defenses, though. Yeah, well, true, but I mean, I'm not. I'm kind of doing a lot of averages here, so um, I think Syracuse knows they need this game. They can't lose this game. I, I'm sure they don't look it up, or maybe they do. I don't know. But a quad four game at home can't lose. Um, they they need it bad. They they got their home. They're 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 going for a, a three game streak at home and. Um, don't have to worry about traveling and all that stuff. I think that takes a lot off anybody. So hopefully uh, that means something, being able to stay home and practice and all that stuff for, for a good you know week and a half or so. It's going to be awesome. Well, let's see. What is it? Um, 
when did they hit the road to go to Cameron? The 18th. So, yeah, good nine days, week and a half-ish, roughly. So, anyway, uh, I got Syracuse 78, Pitt 64. That's, that's, my, that's my guess. So, uh, I've been terrible. I was, I was decent during football season, but I, uh, basketball's tough. Yeah. And I've been terrible. So hopefully they can do it. Look, if they if they don't pull off a win against Pitt, um, all hell's going to break loose. Most likely. <laughs> so so hopefully they do it. But um, look, uh, heads head keep the heads up. Okay, it's e- it's easy it's easy to be it's easy to be upset. It's easy to be slightly negative. I mean, I think I went. I, I was pretty negative on the last show. Uh, I was extremely pissed off after this loss. And it's been tough. It's been tough to watch. It's uncharted waters for Syracuse fans. Um, are we a little spoiled in that aspect? Maybe a little bit, but we always do like have our struggles. It's never easy. And it's no, just this yeah. in this year has just been just really bad. Um, and yeah. we're gonna have to get through, you know, one game at a time and see what happens. But I'm not hitting the panic button yet. So, well, uh, no. And if it's any, if, if any consolation, it's it's more of a situation when you look at it. You know, if Miami is only 13 and three because of their non-conference, they just beat Duke, right? Dude, Wake Forest, pretty good. Wake Forest is a better team. Virginia is a team that traditionally plays us very very well even when we've won it's been very very close or we've came back behind back like by 16 you know in a second half or something like that or gone into overtime so we always struggle with virginia um and pitt's a rivalry and when you look at pitt they played a close game at louisville and in a a close game to notre dame and louisville and notre dame are looked at as you know minus duke and north carolina two of the top four or five better teams in the in the ACC and everyone's saying Pittsburgh's the worst team they just beat Boston College maybe it's Boston College is it Boston College is it Pittsburgh I don't know but you look at ACC play and it looks like it looks like anybody can beat anybody on any day so um, if there's any consolation then then that's really it's not that the ACC old where it's like oh well you can just kind of count the top six or seven in the ACC as losses or you know we're going to be underdogs every time I mean, every game you've seen is is, is kind of close, and uh, you know that kind of keeps me positive because that gives gives us a chance to to pretty much win every every game. I mean, there's not too many times since we've joined the ACC. If you look down the schedule and seen this many winnable games on the schedule, or it's team or games that I guess you wouldn't automatically count as a loss, right? So, um, all right, we thank all of you. Thanks to Joe and David up in the Spotify green room today. We appreciate for joining us in there. Look, if the games are ever on, yes, you know where to go. I'm going to try to stream all of these games that may um, be hard to get in Syracuse. So I'll always post those up. It was fun yesterday. I hope to do it again soon. Hopefully Joe can join us. Look, let's go, Cuse. Got a good game at home to to take care of some business. uh, And hopefully you do. I think they will. So for Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.